I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Hub podcast. I have on Christy Bryan from Colorado. She is a bobcat trapper. I uh, just ran into her on social media as well as uh, she's a custom, customer of mine on my website. And she is a bobcat trapping fool. Uh, kind of gained some attention just locally in Colorado in the trapping community and has been involved in the trapping and predator hunting association. So that's kind of where I got to know of her and wanted to get someone on to talk bobcat trapping as we have another month left i'm publishing this and we've got one month left for most uh well let's go with colorado's bobcat trapping season but there's many other trapping seasons throughout the west that we still have time and it's probably a really really good time to get started because the fur is absolutely gorgeous and thick and the most prime it's going to be so uh get out and try a little bobcat trapping go struggle and uh curse it it's a lot of it's got some it's frustrating but very rewarding and i wanted to get her on great episode uh i think we both have some similarities in that we talk really fast and just we're excited about what we were talking about so i think that's why we just were rattle 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 and what what we were talking about so anyway uh enjoy thanks for listening and uh you can check out the show notes see all the stuff i got down in there thanks All right, Christy, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast with me today. And uh, we had an episode last week or two weeks ago on hunting mountain lions without dogs here in South Dakota. And it was really good, really well perceived and some great info. And I thought, shoot, I need to have uh, some bobcat trapping stuff. And that's been on the, my list for a long time. Uh, and just a really, and I just could not remember your name. I'd seen <laughs> pictures of your successes in, on social media. And I was like, man, I know she's out there. I got to find her. <laughs> and then just by weird coincidence, you found my uh, blackhillsantlers.com and was looking for some some uh, elk antlers for your husband's uh, predator calls. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad those worked out. Small world. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. And they're like, wait a second. I'm shipping that to uh, 
Southwest Colorado. I knew you were down in that Dove Creek area. No. Yep. yep yeah. Dove, Dove Creek. Creek area. Um, I, I lived over on the Western slope of Colorado for eight, nine years in the silt rifle area. And I mm-hmm. kind of kick myself for not making it down Southwest Colorado. Cause I know it's gorgeous down in that country. Um, all over in South Southwest area. I didn't get to explore any of that or even Southern Colorado. So kind of yeah. a bummer there, but it's a big state. There's a lot to, right. a lot to right. check out. I haven't seen every corner of it yet either. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you wouldn't mind, just introduce yourself, um, who you are, what you're about and so on. Sure. Um, I'm, uh, Christy Bryan and I live in Southwest Colorado. I've lived here. I'm actually fourth generation. My family has raised livestock and farmed in this corner of the state for, you know, over a hundred years. And I live on some of the same family property that um, we've had forever. And um, I've been an outdoor enthusiast from the time I was little. Um, Did not get really into the trapping until, wow, only like 14 years ago. And I got into that because I was a predator caller for years before that, calling coyotes and foxes or whatever. But what got me into trapping actually was having babies. I had really? I had my first son, yep, yeah, and I was I hate to say tied down, but occupied with a with a baby and I still wanted to get out though. So I had to figure out a way to take him with me and still get out and do what I like to do. So I thought I'm gonna try trapping, which is nobody in my family has ever trapped. It was not something we ever did. You know, it wasn't looked down upon. We just, nobody did it. You know, we were deer hunters, elk hunters, that kind of stuff. Nobody trapped. Um, So I bought a couple of production cages off the internet and I failed miserably (laughs) the first year um, as far as bobcats go. So, you know, it, it took me a couple of years. I, you know, learned a lot off the good old interweb there the first couple of years and realized I needed good traps. And um, once I got some good actual bobcat traps, then I caught a couple, but it took me two years to catch my first one in a cage. So I was the same, similar story. Um, Didn't really start till college and it took me a little bit to, we had a piece of property as well, but we didn't trap it, which is a bummer because it was loaded with muskrat and, I remember dad shooting a random coon out of the tree every once in a while and not allowing to be there, looking out the window, seeing a coyote or a fox run by every few months or so. Um, I remember that, but nobody trapped and mm-hmm. uh, missed that opportunity. It's like, man, just missed those, that, uh, that window until my wife, uh, which I had been dating at the time in college, she said, oh, one of my students is making some money to – pay for a new pickup you should look into that she had no idea what kind (laughs) of what kind of window she was opening um or door she was opening by um telling me to do that so and then later introduced my dad to it and said hey you got to do this you got to try it and there he was now he's now he's more of a trapper than i am um but yeah very very enjoyable but why bobcats why'd you start there i started with muskrat Oh, well, we Southwest Colorado is very dry here. We don't have muskrats. Mm-hmm. We don't have, and well, we have a lot of coyotes, but you can't, you know, Colorado's a cage trap state. Um, you can't use footholds without permits. So um, that was the logical choice. Oh, I'm going to go after a bobcat. Plus they're, they're the cool animal, you know, everybody wants right. to catch a bobcat. You know, I always wanted to catch a, a bobcat, right? Yeah. And because you never see them, they're these elusive things, supposedly. 
And um, so that's what I went after. You know, like I say, we, we really, that's what we have around here is bobcats. We don't have coons. We have few coons, um, you know, and a few other odd ends, but it's, it's bobcat and coyote country. So that's what I was, that's what I was after. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And you're, you're still far enough north. You get them still the gorgeous cats, right? Well, the... it's kind of funny. Our cats are like hit and miss. You'll either, you get some really, what what you call a, something a mother could only love, you know, on a cat. And then you mm. get some actual knockouts, you know, every once in a while that are just like, wow, this is an awesome cat. So, wow. you know, you just got to take the good with the bad. They are a heavy cat. You know, they got the heavy fur because it's cold enough here that they get that big heavy fur. And they're typically big, big cats. Yeah. So what's a big cat? Um, you know, they're over 20 pounds. I mean, I did catch a huge cat this year that was 40, just over 40 pounds, but he was Holy just crap. monstrous cat. Yeah. He's a huge cat. <laughs> I held him up smoke. and he's as tall as I was. <laughs> oh my gosh. So <laughs> my, my biggest one, I was 33 and super stoked on that cat. And then yeah. uh, my buddy who's from Glenwood Springs area, he moved down to Texas and they, down there they have all those predator hunts and competition things. And they have that big cat competition where they go out mm. and do whatever. And, and a, and a big cat is worth like 15, $20,000 when you win those things. They're oh, big, wow. they're wow. big pools, big pools in that big cat competition. And the winner this year shot like a 33 pound, 32 or something like that. Normally they don't even top over 30, but that's Texas cats too. Right. So it's a little different, but f- right, right, right. over 40 pounds. That is a Yeah. Just, just giant. barely touched the scale. Yeah. He was, he was huge. Big old fat cat. Oh, it was just colored gorgeous. No, he wasn't. He's not, oh, <laughs> he's nothing was... special. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just huge. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. So you, you've had some success over the years. Yeah. Um, and I've, we, we, you've seen, I've seen that just through posts and things and, Kind of makes a guy jealous here and there when you when you're out there struggling and kicking right. you just every single day and that's in Colorado. Not only yep. are you using cage traps, but it's a 24 hour check. So you Correct. are checking every single day. That yep. and to do that for an entire season is expensive yep. for and three months straight. Yeah, you do it three months straight. Yeah. yeah, it can be. Yeah. So yeah. tell me, tell me what what are some of the things that have contributed to some of your success and just over the years and how long did it take to you to feel like I got this in those 14 years? I still don't got this. It's, (laughs) it's still a learning curve going on. I mean, I've got my, what I call my meat and potatoes set, which I feel very confident will catch most of the cats that will come to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's take, that took, oh gosh, a good, oh, six, eight years to figure that out. Um, But as far as, the success, uh, you can't catch if you don't have them. And I've there for a few years. Um, we just had a lot of cats around here and I think that really helped. Plus I was running pretty hard. I covered that one year. I really, really, uh, caught a lot of cats. My best year I ever did was, um, I caught 32 cats Wow. and, or no, I'm sorry, 38. There was 30. I remember too short of 40. I caught 38 cats, but I was running. Um, and that was all within, Oh, 15 miles as a bird flies of my house. But the circle I was running, you know, in the truck was probably close to 50 miles, 60 miles that I was running every day, checking them. Wow. So, you know, I was making a big circle and I had a lot of traps on. I think that is really, it's a kind of comes down to a numbers game too, that 
the more traps you have, the higher you're, you know, you're going to be catching. And then, you know, your other factors run into there, you know, um, we had some mild winters. That one winter was pretty mild. We didn't have a lot of snow. So I could travel and the cats could travel. Hmm. So we get these heavy snow the years like this year. I can't get out to where I need to go and the cats can't get out to where I need to go. So we're just kind of, you know, you're stuck with where you can get to and it, it really limits you. Yeah. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about just kind of what happened back in the nineties where Colorado lost the, lost some of the, the trapping, uh, lost basically all trapping except for, and it's how it's, how you hear it. It's like, you you can't trap. It's an exception is really what it is, except for cages. And Um, and, and I've talked to so many people now that I'm here in South Dakota, I'm, I'm driving to Colorado tomorrow. It's a four hour drive till I hit Colorado and people here don't really realize that because here we are using everything under the sun (laughs) as far as what we can trap. You almost can use the, you can't quite use the old, uh, um, what's that? that antique one with a little 22 pistol where they grab the hook and oh yeah the, yeah the critter getter about. or something yeah yeah something like that <laughs> we can almost use that but just not quite so um yeah talk to us about what what happened there in Colorado and i believe it's 95 96 96, 96 okay. is when it was but now you're going back to way before <laughs> i was just out of high school when that happened so i vaguely barely remember when it happened so i didn't trap then Mm-hmm. And like I say, I only started like 14 years ago. Um, you know, everybody, I, I, I talked to the old timers and they thought it, you know, ruined the state. I wouldn't say, you know, about it ruining its state. It, it did give us a, a challenge, you know, a new learning curve. But I truly believe there isn't an animal you can't get into a live trap that you couldn't with the foothold. And in some cases, I prefer, especially with the bobcats, the um, cage traps. In fact, see, I've trapped Utah with footholds. I live right here on the state line, so I go ahead and I like to trap over there for coyotes especially um, for about a month in November. And I usually pick up a few bobcat tags too, just in case. But anyway, I will take my cage traps over to Utah a lot of times so I can target the bobcat because I just feel more confident I'm going to get him in that cage that I am going to get him to step on a two by two piece of earth <laughs> out right. of the whole earth, the rest of the earth, you know, um, it, plus you can exclude animals with them. You know, they're very, they can be selectively more selectively set. You're not going to have, you know, your coyote screwing up your bobcat set and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it protects the animal once he gets caught, you know, to a, to an extent. Right. Um, he's just there in his little box waiting for you to show up. He's not being, you know, the coyotes can't get to him or anything like that. Hmm. Yeah, I got, I still have 17 traps, <laughs> cage traps that are just collecting dust in a shed. And <laughs> I I don't want to sell them because three I bought commercially, but then the the other ones my dad and I built and it was like, mm-hmm. well, I can't, I can't buy a $150 three pack or whatever oh, yeah. they were. It's like, I can't do that. They're so expensive versus yeah. go buy a $6 foothold. Um, but we... I'm proud of them. I'm really proud of those traps. My dad did an excellent job in 
our design and the only mis- he'll still point out the mistakes but it's just that we can't get <laughs> we can't quite get three to stack together uh, right yeah, uh, the we nesting. got yeah you know, we got two anyway in there that's yeah. nice so it, it doesn't take up quite as much space but i still have plans for using them um, yeah. I don't know about all 16 again. I don't know if I'll run a line that big just because <laughs> you, you take an old, uh, uh, duffel bag strap. That was the best tip I ever mm-hmm. got from somebody. You take an old duffel bag strap and clip them to both sides and then you put them on your shoulders. So you're not trying to hold two cages and a bait right. bag and go trek right. in a couple hundred yards off into the, right. off right. into wherever. But Yeah. Pack them up the canyon. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for people outside of Colorado, and in some of those other other areas, would you encourage throwing in a couple of cages in their in their um, trap shed? Or um... well, I mean, the, the thing about a cage trap is they're so user friendly. I mean, my little kids right, were setting them when they were just toddlers, you know, and you didn't have to worry about them pinching their fingers or anything too bad. And um, like in some cases, they're they're, they're nice and selective too. If you're trapping close to the houses and you don't have to worry about catching the farm dog or and the house cats and stuff like that, and like you would with your footholds, and that's where I really like to use them is 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 close to more close to um you know the farms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That way I can kind of select what I'm catching, and if I do, I just you know you catch something you don't you didn't intend to, you just open the door and away he goes. Yeah, we kind of talk about that same thing here. Uh, not using snares and things close to farmyards right. and, and even dry ground conibears are kind of an old school way. Not many people are doing that a whole lot anymore mm-hmm. from what I keep hearing from, from uh, various trappers. It's, it's just too risky to catch, catch, uh, catch things we don't want to catch. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a good example. Colorado is a great example of where, when something gets taken away, this was a, a ballot initiative, right. and there's been many, many attempts since then, uh, specifically targeting bobcats, uh, yeah. and it's gone. It's gone. It ain't coming yes. back. Um, yeah. Th- that's something to, to really focus on, and I don't know if you're familiar with Howl.org, but but I work with them. Yep. Yeah, um, I do. I know them. Oh, good, good, good. Yep, and uh, we post their their us updates through episodes here, uh, whenever they get have them during the legislative season. But um, thinking that's a, a good route that they're taking to help help fight some of those things. Well, yes, everything. I think what is see, I'm also the I'm the Southwest Regional Director for the Colorado Trapper and Predator Hunters Association, so I'm really involved. I'm you know I I, I it's important enough to be involved, and I see. And everybody else sees um, California. What happened in California? Everybody's like, ah, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It happened. Mm-hmm. And it really opened some eyes that, yes, it can happen. But the first time we fought it three years ago when uh, um, they tried to, to ban the bobcat trapping, I believe it was, it was trapping. Mm-hmm. Um, and we rallied. And it also opened eyes that we can fight it if we work together, you know, common sense. But it's going to be a constant fight. It's not going to be one battle and done. I, I foresee it as being a constant battle, and you know, hopefully we'll keep winning. <laughs> We've won so far, but it is every year, and I see it's going to is going to continue until somehow we can get wildlife management out of the hands of the voting public. 
I mean, it has to be put in the hands of the scientists and the researchers and the, you know, the people that, that know this stuff. You can't just let, you know, the general public vote because they vote with their heart and right. that's not the way to manage wildlife. Right. And I remember I was sitting in in Grand Junction at that, uh, listening session or whatever it was when that room was packed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was there. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I was there. <laughs> and so, um, I remember them bringing up the, well, maybe we got to take a look at choke poles and mm, how, yeah. how things are dispatched. Any, we did lose that. That so. is gone now, huh? Yeah, it is. It's the wording is very vague in the proclamation, but what they did is they had to define method of take, I think, and something like that. I can't remember how it all worked out, but <clears throat> technically, legally, yeah, you're supposed to, you can't use a choke pole. How is that? impacting what you do or what other trappers are doing? Oh, I don't see any impact at all. I mean, there's still, I mean, there's the good old, you know, 22 or a right. pellet gun in right. the chest is very effective, instant, and it's not messy. So. And, but for, I suppose for uh, permit guys running those, running any kind of permits for using footholds and everything, mm-hmm. That I can see that being a little tricky to maybe if you caught something out of season. Oh, no, you, yeah, you can still use, you can carry a choke pole. In fact, or I call them a catch pole. I hate to call them a choke pole. Catch pole. And I do. And, and I tell the, and even the game wardens, I tell them, I says, I will check my cats with this pole. You know, I got a method to to get them in there and give them a good flip and everything. And I can check them. I can sex them. I can usually check the belly. Says, I'm going to carry my pole. Don't think I'm not going to carry my pole with me. I'm just going to use it to dispatch. Got it. So, okay. and that's what it, you, if you're running footholds, like I say, with a permit and something, you catch a non-target animal, you've got to have that pole to release yeah. it. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So they're not, you're not getting harassed too much for carrying no, it. absolutely not. No, oh, okay. it's, it's just a piece of equipment. That's good. That's because that's where I was going with that, thinking how, oh, yeah. how the heck you're going to deal with No. It. And <laughs> it's a useful tool. And yeah. yeah, I remember hearing the discussions on as a dispatch tool of. Right. Eh, so. Um, okay. So what's your trapping vehicle? If you're driving a 50 mile <laughs> line, I just, that was a thought I had. Like, are you well, got a little. <laughs> I got a Toyota 4Runner that I've had forever. Well, I had it up until last year and I, it was, I, I blew the engine on it, my poor old 4Runner, but I've got a replacement engine for it that's going to go back in it this year. Um, I was, yeah. So I ran, I had to run my Ford pickup this year, but, yeah. which is hurt a little harder, but. Yeah. One one of my favorite trapping vehicles I ever had was a '94 Ford Escort uh, <laughs> Coupe. <laughs> and, uh, I sure did drive that through some bean fields and did pull it out with my truck once or twice. Um, but that little that little stick shift thing, I took a picture of one I saw today and sent it to my buddy and said, "Oh, I miss Anita. Her name <laughs> her name was Anita, uh, based from the previous owner, but." <laughs> it was, I had to have something that was cheaper, right? way cheaper. Oh yeah. You got to have fuel efficiency if you're going to run that far. Yeah. 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 Um, so in your day to day, you're out checking today. Um, mm-hmm. are you, uh, making new sets? Are you running, I suppose you, you made your main sets at the beginning of the season and then just making right. little adjustments throughout the the way, or how do you run your three month season okay. in? Sure. Well, it, it varies. So I do have some places, um, what I call my travel areas, travel corridors. I'll set those and they 
generally will stay for the three months. You know, those because you're going to, they're the ones that the cats are coming back and mm -hmm. up and down, you know. But then I, I'll, typically I start in one area and then move. You know, I'll try to go in and catch, because usually you catch the cats out of an area within usually two weeks, hopefully. I'm, I try to have them out of there within two weeks and then move everything and kind of just um, keep moving it down the line, basically, in a big circle around me. <laughs> and and then like, and then back, you know, finish up down at a different area 15 miles from where I started. Got it. So because, yeah, like I say, without those travel, unless you're in a travel corridor, if you move into an area, you're going to have what's there. You should have it within the first two weeks. Hmm. And so you'll, even if that is a long dry period on one of those and you know it's a travel yeah. uh, corridor, you're leaving it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So how are you, and this brings me to the whole big conversation of how you're picking an area. How do you know it's a travel area? <laughs> that kind of experience, you know, um, I'm lucky enough where I live, it's um, farm ground, mixed farm ground with little draws and canyons. So it kind of looks, I mean, they're the highways, little canyons, the little draws that connect um, to bigger canyons or like a little draw between two big canyons. That's an obvious one. Um you know, around the edges of the fields and stuff like that. Those, you know, the connecting areas between habitats, those are your big travel areas. How are those where they're gonna move? How are they traveling a draw? Are they down in the bottom? Are they in side hill on that thing? Are they up on the well, on the edge? You know, I I don't it depends. <laughs> sure. There's no one set place. If I you know, it's kind of funny when I was first figuring this out you know where am I going to that was my biggest thing when I was learning to trap was where do I put the trap right mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of people struggle I was like where do I put it eating better is easy with factors delicious ready to eat meals every fresh never frozen meal is chef crafted dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes including calorie smart protein plus which is the one I like and keto get started today and get after your goals discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast midday bites and more no prep no mess meals factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores, and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And I can remember I was driving down this little 
this road that was kind of in the middle of a canyon. I'm like, where would I put a trap? And I was like, boom, there's a big tree. There's a big rock. I'm going to put it over there by that big tree or that big rock. It was just the focal point of the draw. And I just picked up right there. I was like, this is the focal point for the animal too. And it is for a cat. I mean, he will hone in on, for, he, they like big trees. They like big rocks, you know, just that are kind of out there by themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I kind of started and it kind of like, it's like, oh yeah, this is, this is it. So whatever, um, whatever grabs that cat, yeah, your attention is going to yeah. grab cat's attention. It, it really does. Um, little rock piles, rock piles are awesome. Um, big boulder piles, you know, um, that one clump of trees over there or something like that. Um, little points are good too. Cats like, um, little points. They like to go out there and sit on them. I think look over the country. Hmm. Um, it, even so, uh, Southwest South Dakota is very similar to that. I mm -hmm. believe it's that, that, uh, brushy sage brushy country. It's got some draws. It's got some little yeah. canyons here and there. Um, I was trapping something in, in Western Colorado that, it just looked catty. <laughs> just was so <laughs> cat-like right along the Colorado River. Um, had some draws that led down to the river. Rocks, rocky cliffs and things all over the place. It like, was too cat-like. I had trouble. I didn't have trouble finding spots because, again, it was like that caught my eye, that caught my eye. And, so right. I, and I only right. caught one cat out of that. And I know that there are more. Um, <laughs> but like... Even in something that looks just like, gotta have cats in it. How right. do you know if they're in there? What do you What well, do you look for? What do you find? That's when you get just you. You just gotta get your feet on the ground and look, look for look for tracks, look for poop, look for sign. I do my best scouting during deer season, which is usually in November, right before season when we're out hunting deer around here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm always looking at the ground. I'm like, oh, there's a cat track. I know to come back there, you know, in a month and set a trap somewhere, you know, in that area. But uh, it, nothing beats just getting out there and looking for the sign, you know, looking for the track or the poop. The, around here, the, it's hard to find droppings poop because the pack rats pack it off. Oh, right. Really quick. And so you can't lay a lot of stock in that. But tracks, you know, um, if you can find them in the trails or... Um, along underneath the rims or anything like that. That That's, makes so much sense now. Yeah. I put a trail camera on a <laughs> on a cage once, and it was just nonstop pack rats. Oh and, my gosh! Yeah, they can destroy a set. <laughs> in in that area, I had found one cat toilet, and I I set it, but it wasn't fresh, so I don't. <laughs> I never caught anything off of it, but. Um, yeah, do you do so? I guess if you find a cat toilet or an area that they're scratching or whatever else. Does, yep. What are you using? What are you doing with that? Setting like right next oh, yeah. to it? Or? Set by, oh yeah. Set right by it. They'll be back, you know? Yeah. So. so what's your, what's your set? What, um, in, let's go with, uh, we've got our big tree, our rock pile, mm -hmm. um, location. Let's go micro location using okay. the wind and, uh, yeah. how, are, how are you finding your, your micro location on that, right. that main spot? Well, um, so when I generally set up a trap, you have to consider your winds and you got to consider your nighttime winds and your thermals. And I didn't used to think this was a big deal. And the more I did it, the more I realized it is a deal to have your wind as correct as you can. Obviously you can't have it hundred percent correct all the time. So 
like here, our nighttime winds generally in the winter come out of the northwest, sometimes the southwest, but those are generally where they come. So I'll try to back that cage so that the back is in the northwest so that the wind's coming from back to front, right? Mm-hmm. And also considering thermals, so if you're in a draw and your thermals, you know, come down at night, you want the trap pointing downhill. It's not uphill so that he's if he's walking down the trail in front of your trap, it's coming right down out of the back of the trap into his face, the smells Got that it. are in it. And um, so, you know, go ahead and get it set up there. And, you know, everybody knows to you know, put some dirt on the floor. Um, I try. I don't go too heavy with the dirt. I do try to keep it what I call really pretty clean dirt, not a lot of sticks and stuff, because I figure I want to make it as inviting as possible. I, anymore, I've gone to pack in um, peat moss with me because as soon as, you know, the ground freezes up and the snow hits, you're like, crud, there's no dirt. So right. <laughs> You pack a bucket. I have an ice cream bucket. We'll fill one trap easy with peat moss, and then I keep a bigger bucket in the truck. And so I bed the trap with peat moss. And then, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying that's um, just enough really to keep that cat from feeling the cage, right? Yeah, and you know, I don't think that's as big a deal as people used to make it out to be because, I mean, they're they're, – they'll crawl all over the darn trap anyway. Right. You give them a chance. So I don't think that's as big a deal as I thought. I do like to keep the pan, you know, it's kind of consistent, nice <laughs> covering on the everything there. Um, I go with a stepping stick right in front of the, right on the hinge. Some people don't. I always just like I make them step over it, hit the pan with their weight. Mm-hmm. Um, done that, just always have. Um, now, as far as scents go oh, in the back, everybody's got their favorite scents. Yeah. And I like to go, um, I use a lot of um, Mercer's scents mm-hmm. and um, Western Cats. I've got some awesome stuff too. But um, I use a usually a food lure or a bait kind of. I don't like to use big baits because I don't like to maintain big baits. By big baits, I mean like a big chunk of bird um, or beaver or a, even a, a deer hide or anything like that. Because when we do get those warm spells, they spoil plus the mice, plus the pack rats. We'll just usually eat them up before the cat gets there anyway. Hmm. So I just see them as a hassle to maintain. <laughs> right. So I'll use scents though. I use lots of, I use a lot of different scents. I use um, a curiosity lure, you know, it just smells good. Um, I've got the food lure usually in there. Um, gland lure is very important. Um, I like a lot um, beaver caster. This seems to be very attractive to them. I put a little bit, and this is all going in the back. This all goes in the back. In the back, uh, describe that like hanging from something down underneath the pan or under the cage, no. like where. Right. So I started out way back when I, I when I learned to trap. I didn't have anybody to show me. <laughs> I just had to. I just kind of like okay, this is the mm-hmm. way I'm going to do it. And at that time, people were putting it in the back, like making a dirt hole set. You know, like everybody grew up doing doing with their footholds. And I didn't know all this. So I was like, well, I'm just going to, I broke off what I call a Y stick. You know, if you fix your, a Y with the long end hanging down into the trap. Mm-hmm. And I take and dip that into my lure and hang them in the back. So that scent's getting up there in the air and it's getting, it also keeps it kind of away from the mice and stuff that like to pack them around and rearrange your sticks. Oh, and, sure. and it also makes it really easy to relure them. You just go back to relure, you grab your little stick, you pull it out, you re-dip it, you stick it back in. Hmm. 
So most of my lures are hanging up there. I do put like on the bottom, the beaver caster goes in the dirt or I just dribble it down and, you know, it runs down in the dirt in the back. Are you keeping track of, and I don't know how many, how many sets you got out right now, but, um, are you keeping track of what each one has or can you tell or do you remember yeah you know used to i used to do i thought when i you know i wasn't going to keep this whole log of what one did best I'm like no not anymore i've got my sense that i like i just run with them and usually i'll just rebate with the very same stuff over and over yeah okay. i've i've just gotten enough confidence in what i'm using that i don't try to sometimes i'll try something new and different if it comes along but so say on one of the last one or two that you checked today um, if you can remember what, what you put in there exactly, what were your, what were your, <laughs> or your, if you were to go to your bait bag right now and say, yeah. this, 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 and this, what are those ones you just put Okay. There? It, there's a list in there. Cause I, this is what goes in almost all of them. Every time there'll be, um, spellbound, um, love potion number nine, thunderstruck. I think that that's the Western cats, um, uh, beaver caster and skunk in it. It's got skunk in it too which is also a great mm -hmm. thing to have is some skunk um lead-in lure that the mercer makes that uh lead-in lure um bobcat urine and yeah that's it so all in the back or is there using that urine well the to... urine the urine is all in the front I, I the urine goes everywhere it just sure. gets squirted all over the floor and the, and the lead-in you have to keep back from like right in front of the pan all the way back Oh, okay, just give it a little squirt because it's in a squirt bottle. What's your thoughts on lure outside up high? Do you do anything with? Well, if I do anything outside up high, it's skunk. And some people argue about that. I just, I figure if I'm going to use as, as a call lure, mm -hmm. I'll use pure skunk uh, quill up high. What's the, what's the debate on that? Like, I, that's what I do is I just mix up uh, some Vaseline and, skunk essence and mix my own and then just yeah. got a paste and i put it up as right. hi, up high nothing's gonna reach it nothing's gonna touch it it just right. reaches out obviously right. it doesn't work that great for me because <laughs> i got like five cats to my name but um yeah so what well there's the argument like i say most people or a lot of people that argue keep all your sense in in the cage because you don't want that cat screwing around outside getting distracted with stuff outside, keep all your scents in the cage. But like I said, I'm kind of like you. I like it as a call lure. It's up high. It's not where they're going to really try to get to it. It's to bring them close enough to my set that they see it and then they want to go investigate the trap. Okay. And then all those other scents and stuff get him in there. Yeah. What about uh, visuals? Visuals. Oh, so, so in my trap, I also, um, it hangs in the back. I've taken, it's a, it's a bobcat foot off of, you know, previously taken bobcat, I cut the feet off of them and I'll wrap a bunch of turkey feathers around it and make this big feathery, hairy thing. <laughs> and oh. I, I hang it on a wire in the back and that's my visual. It's also, it smells like a bobcat. So it's also got that, you know, and a turkey. And then outside I will sometimes hang a uh, flag lure or a visual flag, you know, if I think it needs it. Do you, and and I've I've watched Mercer's Cajun Cats um, video. I think I got one or two of them. But um, the I know he was messing around with putting it like right in front of the door. Where where's your your visual outside? Is it way up high or is it 
kind of close to that door, sending them close. It's pretty high, but not high enough. Or you, I try to keep it high enough that it won't distract them too bad. They'll get to playing with it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as a visual alert, it's supposed to bring them over to your set, right? So you want it fairly close to your set so that, that that's why you're bringing them over. Yeah. But not not low enough that or too high. You know, it's kind of a, I'd say, about like chest level when I hang them. You just off the tree. Usually it's off the tree, like right over the trap. If the tree's under a trap, it's going to be hanging off that tree. And you just said a feather. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, what, uh, and, and obviously you've taken, taken the feet off of cats. When mm-hmm. you harvest a cat, what, what sort of things are you using off of that for future baits and things? Well, oh yeah. Well, I do, like I said, I or use not baits, feet. lures. Yeah. Lures. Yeah. Uh, and then the urine. Um, everybody, you know, you gotta collect mm-hmm. that because you can't beat, you know, fresh bobcat urine. No. Um, that's, that's it. I don't make my own baits or anything like that. Um, the, so tell me if this is ridiculous or not, but so I'd be pulling out like the last three inches of the kind of the anus there, <laughs> squeezing mm-hmm. the poop out of it. Yeah. And I assumed those were glands in there, taking those yep. and throwing them in the back of one here and there. Uh, I started marking my bottles, male and female, but I didn't catch enough cats to really make a difference on that. Um, do you think that would make a difference if you were catching uh, and using female urine versus male urine uh, right. during, during a certain time of year? I don't know. I've heard a lot of people that do that, and I just never took the time to bother with separating yeah. it all. just goes in the same bottle, and I figure... Hey, it can't hurt having a little bit of this and that there because every cat's going to investigate where another cat peed anyway. Yeah. You know, they're not going to just stump their nose and turn the other way. They're going to check it out. Yeah. And that was so easy. It's like, I know there are so many other trappers that canines, uh, trappers, they're, they're using, uh, fox and coyote urine. If you're not. Oh catching or if if you're not using that on your sets or if you're not taking it from those animals you catch i think you're missing out because i oh, figured yeah. it out as a super novice just with that syringe about a tractor supply and suck that out of there and then i started right. extracting the the skunk essence which was just kind of fun um just to <laughs> mess around with and and i still have a paint can full of skunk essence in the garage that you can't smell it at all um, but it, it's kind of fun <laughs> yeah. to yeah. extract that. Well, and, you know, yeah. yeah, you hate to just waste it anyway, and it, it works better than the stuff you can buy. So way more potent. Like you, right. you question if it's the other stuff has water in it. It right. has to, right. it, it absolutely has to. Um, okay. So, uh, there's our set. Um, anything else we, we missed on the, um, well, like in Colorado, I, I cover mine, uh, with plastic just to keep the snow out. And I mean, I, I wrap it all the way up and down the back if I can not I try not, if I can get away without the back, that way I can keep my smell going through. But like this winter where we got a lot of snow, totally worth it. Wrap that trap up. Cause you're going to save so much time and effort later. You don't have to clean them out and it keeps everything nice and dry in there. Are you running guillotine or swinging doors? Both. 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 Yeah. And do you do anything to, to protect that, that entryway? Um, not really. I mean, you gotta, you know, after you get your snow, yeah, you gotta go dig them out, especially the, the swing down doors, you know, you gotta clean out in front of the guillotine doors aren't so bad. Um, you just gotta make sure they don't ice up across the top of the door and around the trigger. Mm. Any good 
tips for being able to spot uh, on checks? Are you adding a flag to it or? Yeah. Well, see, that's what, when I'm running all my traps, I have like, I think 45. And if I'm running all of them, 90% of them, I can drive by and check with the binoculars because I tie a little tiny flag right to the top of the door. And after you've looked at them once or twice, you can check them really fast up, down, and then you move on. And I think that's also, I mean, it's, you can't do it everywhere, but that's how you've got to do it when the, you know, get a lot of miles in, in a short amount of time is I can drive to 90% of my sets. I'm not packing those traps anywhere. I'm going to drive right to where I'm going to unload them and set them. And I can check them either from the main road or from somewhere I can drive to. So I don't have to get out and walk to them. Right. Oh, one thing I think we missed is how much you brushing in. You obviously are covering with oh. the plastic. How much do you brush? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that one year that we didn't have much snow, I got really lazy with the brushing because <laughs> it was getting later in the season. I was, And if I could get away with very little brushing, I would do it hmm. just because I don't think you need it and it takes up too much time. But, you know, now I'm just with the plastic, you got to keep the brush and the rocks, put the plastic down. And so you got to kind of cover the whole darn thing up. But if you're running like in Arizona or somewhere where you don't have to brush them things in, and, and when I'm talking this, I'm talking usually it's on private ground. Now on public ground, I will brush them in, but it's not to hide it from the animal, it's to hide it from people. Sure. Because there's a big difference there. Um, but if you could just, you know, a little bit around the back third and kind of maybe on the top to keep him from screwing around on top of the trap, that's all you need really. Okay. Keep them from getting their nose right against the back of your trap or all your good smells are yeah yeah okay what about so how how close are you allowing that cat to get to the back or the sides oh you know probably eight ten inches if i can keep him back that far that's all he needs yeah okay yeah that seemed to be the biggest pain in the butt where you're just sweating (laughs) oh my gosh yeah (laughs) you 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 wear yourself out breaking brush down to cover your trap (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah and it's only good for the one year because it's got needles, yep. it dries out. And, yep. Yeah. Um, so what's your best day? Like, uh, what, what's been one of those days you won't forget on the um, trap line? Well, I've had two, two four-cat days. Those have been my best. Wow. One was an opening day check, and that was awesome. <laughs> I had four cats on opening day on the first check. And I can't remember what year it was. But, um, and then I had one other one that was, it was four cats in a day. Wow. But those that's the best. I've had several three cat days and of course a couple two cat days. They're they're pretty common to get two cat days. Hmm. Well, what about bycatch? What do you what else are you catching in that exact same? And I know it's limited to where you are because there's yeah. not a lot of else out there. Yeah. Well, I mean we still catch I still catch badgers. Badgers will come by. Um skunks. Skunks are awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you catch, especially in the more rocky area, you'll catch, you know, your little canyons and stuff. And when those, when it warms up, you'll catch the skunks. Um, a few coons come around, porcupines, porcupines are fairly common to catch. Um, let's see. Um, that's about all that I really, they're pretty common to, you'll, you'll roll up on, you see. Huh. So, yeah. um, my buddy and old neighbor, uh, we used to catch a lot of fox off of our place. Oh, oh yeah, foxes. I do catch, but you know, I don't catch a lot of foxes, which is fine really? because I'm not trying to catch the foxes. Right. You know, yeah. grays and reds, both. We have them here. Oh, um, sure. I don't know. We, we, everybody theorizes about why they do or don't catch a fox. Um, 
anymore. I'm wondering if it isn't has to do with the amount of bobcat urine I use in the set. That maybe that turns them off, you know, because a fox, you know, runs into a bobcat. A big bobcat is going to kill a fox. Yeah. So he don't want to dilly dally around there too much. Huh. Yeah. yeah. It, we caught so many fox on on our place, and I think we caught two bobcats. <laughs> uh, maybe he caught he caught a couple too. I can't remember. But um, so he sent me a picture today, and one a few weeks ago, we got a like a color phase red that uh, running around there where it's got some black. Oh, nice. Um, just a gorgeous fox. And he's like, he says, I want him bad, is what the text <laughs> reads. So I said, all right, what about some bacon grease with liquid right. smoke in there uh, right. mixed up? What If you saw something like that, it's like, I want to catch that fox. Right. What are you going to do to add in? Oh, to- well, I don't know. I haven't ever tried to target a fox. <laughs> oh, sure. I have heard the bacon is really good for him. I would use um, a bacon and maybe a bigger bait like a, um, oh, if you got any beaver or something, you know, meaty laying around. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I, I caught, uh, his, I don't know if it's legal or not, but I did right in Glenwood Springs <laughs> down along the, <laughs> along the river. When I first moved there across the apartment, I was like, oh, I'm going to go trap down here. And, uh, I think I caught two red fox, literally just a cage set for coons, um, <laughs> and they were sitting side by side and doubled up there and they were just in the wide open. I mean, they oh, weren't well, even, yeah. they weren't, and it was baited with like cat food and marshmallows. And, there you go. And yeah. uh, <laughs> jello powder. That was my, my, <laughs> my go-to for, for raccoons. But um, yeah, so I wanted to make sure he, uh, he had a tip or something to add to that. For, <laughs> see if he can kind of catch that. Cause I want him to add to his taxidermy bill. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Cause that's cool. That I, we had one in parachute where I worked. I know it was pretty close to the school and a police that I I trapped that had uh, the the landowner kept seeing a black fox running around. It was like, and I never, I caught multiple red fox, but never never the black one that was running around. Mm. Wow, be kind of cool. Also, a whole bunch of albino raccoons in that town. Oh, nice! Oh, wow, I, I caught three albinos uh, in the span of like three years. Oh, wow! Just. A weird little anomaly of where you have just this pocket and you talk to any one of the kids in my science class that I taught, they, uh, it's like, they've seen them. They've seen these albinos, just a wow. community of, of albinos, but well, <laughs> kind of weird. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Any, any other cool critters down there? I know we had some ring, um, ringtails around. Yeah, we have ringtails. Um, that's, so it's kind of funny. I've been catching, you know, cats and I'm pretty confident when, you know, now you kind of, after you've done this for a while... Uh, at least I have, uh, you start looking at other th- creatures you want, you know, like, oh man, I want to, ca-, and I, and a ringtail's on my bucket list. I mm-hmm. really, really want to get a ringtail in a, in a cage trap. And, um, I had one I thought found on my line this year and I got all set up for it. And that huge snow came in and we've got like, we got like 18 inches of snow and the tracks just are gone. And I, you know, it's been six weeks now and I'm like, I don't know where he went or where he's gone, but he's gone. But next year I'm going to wow. leave. But yeah, so I'd like to catch the ring. Um, spotted skunks. We do have the little spotted skunks around here. Um, I caught one of those a few years ago, you know, in a cage. I set, I saw him on my trail camera. I was like, Ooh, I got to have him and caught him. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a goal of mine now to catch every fur bearer in Colorado in a cage trap. Have you, and have you done a coyote? 
I have got a coyote. I got one coyote one time. He wow. was very young and very hungry and very desperate, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> but think, I did. So I have caught a coyote. I but. think, I think you got to go with them giant, like tractor yeah. supply ones. Where yeah. They just you got to have big ones and they got to be okay. desperate and hungry. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, I'll tell you though, the ringtails and the spotted skunks, I have two ringtails and two spotted skunks. They, they, uh, they literally will ski, squeeze through a two by two hole. Yeah, that's so, what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, because where where I allow my skunk pole to go in, um, mm-hmm. they they can get through that yeah. <laughs> little, little thing. So um, yeah, I'll tell you, it's a little drive for you, but I'll tell you where there's some some app yeah. that. Um, <laughs> Oh, we've got them here. It's just, I mean, they're not, they're not super common and they're, you just gotta, you gotta be set for them. And I think I have caught them several times. It's just my, my doors are, um, have got the wide bars on them and they just get out. Oh, sure. So I have to yeah. re reset my traps with wire mesh on the doors and get them all configured to hold a, to hold a ringtail. Uh, my location's just a little more comical. That's what I'm going to share. <laughs> so <laughs> I just don't want to say it in front of a bunch of people that I know are in that no area. Listening. No worries. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So any plans to travel to trap? And uh, I know a lot of guys, maybe that's when the cats were that six to a thousand bucks or whatever. Right. Traveling, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Are you? No. Well, I've got kids still in school and that's what, you know, ties you down still until <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got big plans, you know, but until the kids are out of school and stuff like that, I'm yeah. They're, they're more like weekend trips, weekend yeah. trips to go trap and stuff. Hire a country at all. Get your pine Martin. Um, see, that's another thing that's on the bucket list is the pine Martin. Um, I want to catch one in it and that's, you know, but you got to go up to the high country and you got to do it early before it snows in. Yeah. I lost, I lost my one Pine Martin to a freezer accident. Oh. So yeah, that's, that killed me. (laughs) Yeah, that would, yeah, that would be horrific. I I had half a cow elk in there too, but the one thing that I really am disappointed on is the Pine Martin and then a black raccoon that that I had. So super bummed on that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, shoot. I think that's about the end of my list. What um, what tips can you can you give um, somebody that is is uh, um, trying to figure it out in year oh, yeah. one of their fourteen? Go back to year. <laughs> what would you tell yourself? Um, yeah, right. Years ago? Um, get you a good trap. Get you a good trap made for bobcats. Don't go grab a have a heart trap off a of tractor supply. Right. They're they're not made for bobcats to catch them. Um, go get you some good traps. Um, I do, I love uh, Mercer's cam trip traps. Um, I, Schroeder, I, they're not called Schroeder now. I know Schroeder sold out to somebody else. I'm, I Forgive me, I don't know who, who is running the Schroeder cage traps now. Oh, um, really? I have some, some of those. Yeah, yeah. The, there's a young couple bought him out a few years ago, and hmm. they're, I think they changed the name. The style is still the same, yeah. but they changed the name. Huh. Um, they're good traps, too. Um, get some good traps and, um, get you some decent lure, you know, um, and then patience, patience and persistence. I tell everybody, that's what it takes to be a trapper. You've got to be patient. You've got to be persistent and don't give up, you know, and just keep after it. If you can set on sign, if you can find where there's been a bobcat, where he has walked before, he will come back. Hmm. So, uh, and then also, uh, I was a member of the Colorado Trapping and Predator Hunting Association as well mm-hmm. for a little while. And um, that is 
pretty small organization. Um, it needs some support. It needs it, more oh, members. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Any any plugs there or any other things you want to plug? To I have mostly <laughs> yes. Colorado listeners. That's where pretty well, much oh, everybody. Good. Yes, join your association. It, I mean, everything every, numbers help show. But even if you're not joining the association, um, support them. Be there, and when something comes up, and you and with the uh, social media now, it's, it actually helps us to get when we get the word out that hey we need you to talk to your congressmen talk to your you know senators and representatives that stuff works it really does work and everybody pimhaws the wildlife commission um but when you you send them an email as long as it's respectful and um it, they work you know it, it helps to to benefit us you know when someone something like that comes up um, don't give up, you know, just because we've lost, we, like I say, these fights are going to keep going and we've got to stick together on them. That's the only way we're going to win. Absolutely. So, well, Christy, I appreciate coming on at seven o'clock at night and, sure. uh, chatting with me. Um, and good luck to the rest of your season. You got, uh, one, um, yeah, just one a little month, more month now. One more one month, month to go. go. Yep. Over halfway through. So hope yep. it's been a good one for you and, and stick on uh, the phone here for a sec before we, after we sign off. But thanks right. so much for, for coming on. All right. Thank you.